Good morning. Welcome to today's devotion. Today, I'm just warning you because we got a lot of places to to go to this morning as we talk about the American idols. The world is filled with, I would like to say, small G's. But what you need to understand that God is our source and all other things that we have in our life, whether they're purses and places or things, are merely resources from the source that's been given. The the one, the source, who actually given us these resources. So today, let's welcome God. Father, we know that you are the creator of all things. No one can say that they're in charge of the weather. No one can say that they move the stars or that they put them in the sky or the sun, the moon. No one can say that they make it rise or make it fall. No one can say that they're in charge of anything and anyone except you. No one can cause birth to happen in the world except you. And no one is in charge of the end of life except you. Lord, we thank you for being such a wonderful God and so wonderful and so great. We know that you are just not a small G, but you are the only God and the only one that's worth worshiping. So today, as I'm teaching this devotion, I'm asking that you would use me Use me to show your people in the name of Jesus what the scripture says and what to learn from the scriptures and how to apply the scriptures in their life so that they can remain on track with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to say it like this. How do you know when something has become your idol or your God. One of the clear ways that you know is what happens to you emotionally when that person, place, or a thing get taken away from you. That's how you can, uh, that's a sure sign for you to know when it's become an idol. Or, for example, I can recall, um, in the mid 2000s uh right after i had um my youngest child was born that and i had just purchased my my second home and i go into work and uh from school and i have two managers sitting there and they said we've come here to let you know that you're you're no longer needed in other words uh, they were letting me go. I was being fired. Coming in work, not knowing. They were firing me. But one of the things, because I knew who my source was, I was able to smile at them, shake their hand, after they gave their explanation as to why they felt like I should be let go. I shook their hand and thanked them for the opportunity to work there and walked out the door. And because I knew that God was my source, 
God provided for me the whole time, my wife and my children the whole time when I went to school. I was able to go to school four times and go back to school four times, graduate. And, of course, that company um, soon went under. But because I looked at God as my source, I didn't have to break down. And in, in most cases, when God, when the resources have become your God, people begin to, they can't sleep, they can't eat. And, and in some cases, in extreme cases, people commit suicide. That's not the way that God wants you to be. You see, when God gives you something, he wants you to look to him. For example, we look at um, uh, the, first, the first children that were born from Adam and Eve. If you look at Abel and Cain, Abel gave his first fruit out of his love for God. It's the same example that God gives us when it comes to giving. We're supposed to give the first fruit because he don't want, not that he needs our money, but he's trying to prevent our money from becoming a God. It's, it's what Jesus says. He says, as he told Peter, um, when they tried to test him, should we um, pay um, taxes? And he said, give unto Caesar what's due to Caesar and give unto God what's due to God. In other words, you worship God, but you also give the respect unto the government and authority of man. The same thing is true. When your taxes are taken out, they're taken out the first place. But what God is saying, given to me first, my worship what's due, because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have a job. If it wasn't for you, uh, for me giving you the strength to go to that place. And this is not, no, this is not uh, something on tithes and offering. This is something completely different. That, that'll be at another teaching on giving. But I'm just trying to let you know, when God is your source, you can understand that it's okay to give him the first fruits. And then he wants to, it's, he's not in, it's not so much of what you're not, what you don't have, but you're giving unto him what's due to him. But it's what you're doing with the 90% is the issue when people have an issue with giving because they made their money as their idol. Let me move on. God said, said it like this, and I'm going to go through the scriptures. Because in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 9, he said this in verse 23. He said, this is what the Lord says. Let no wise man boast on his wisdom, nor the mighty man boast of his might, nor the rich man boast in his riches. In other words... In order to prevent anything from becoming our God, whether it's our homes, whether it's our children, whether it's our cars, what God is saying, we don't, I don't want you boasting of those things. Here's the one thing I want you to boast on. 
in verse 20, so 24, he says, but let the one who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me. In other words, he knows me. He understands that I am his source and that I am the Lord who exercises mercy, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. In other words, he says, if you're going to boast about anything, any source, your attention should be on me first. It's not those things. See, the most, I believe the, the one thing which me and everyone else struggle is, the one God that in this whole entire world, that the one idol, that people struggle with is the God of independence. Many people struggle with the ideal of wanting to look good in front of others. Um, what you have done, even me, I have to watch it. The way I'm saying it, the way I'm doing things, and I, I want the attention to be on me. Yes. Let me show you in the scripture because this is exactly and, and we're going to see through the scripture where this comes from. In Isaiah 14, it says, but in 13, it says, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven and I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. See, this was Satan's. This is the one thing, the exact thing, that he attempts us. He, he started out with Eve. Her, the first temptation was her not to be independent of God. He tempted her with that. Hey, you will be, if you would eat this fruit, you, you see, you would know just as much as God. You, you won't have to depend on him. So what he does is he tries to get us to the place to where we're not depending on anyone or anything. And it's nothing wrong with that. But the thing of it is, is we must understand that God is our source. If anyone that we're not going to depend on, if it be anything, it's in what our small gods are, our, our jobs, our income, our money. We're going to depend on the God that gives us those things. See, Satan's goal was, hey, I want everyone to look at me as the source. I want everybody to, to know that it's, instead of them having all the attention on you, I want the attention to be on me. And God says, uh-uh. You got it the wrong way. So you need to know whenever that happens to you, God, and, and sure as I'm sitting here, God would arrange so that things will be broken down. That idol that you put up there, because God said in his word that there should not be any gods before him. Meaning, he says that I'm a jealous God. So that means that whenever that happens, you better believe that He's going to do whatever it takes and make sure that it goes away. And the same thing he did with Satan. He says in verse 16, he said, 
those who see you will stare at you and they will closely examine you saying that is this man is this the man who made the earth tremble in other words the lord says everybody's gonna look at you they're gonna say wow what happened to this person what happened in, in the he's describing satan he was saying that you were one of the top one of my top boys but you're going to be known as the, once I take you down, everybody's going to know that, number one, I am God. And they're going to look and see that you were the one behind all of this. Because in the end, it's going to, at the end of the story, it's going to be told. So remember what the word of God says. God knows the, end, the, the ending even before the beginning starts. So let me go back into the scriptures because the children of Israel experienced the same thing. And I want you, I'm just going to refer to it. You can read from 1 Samuel chapter 3 all the way through 5. One of the things I'm going to sum it up for you. We see the priest, which is Eli at the time. And he has two sons that were in charge, that were put in charge of taking care of the pe people. His sons was Hophnir and Phinea. But because their hearts weren't right, and Eli had the responsibility of making sure that the people were taken care of. Let me put it in another way, in a modern terms. As the preacher and the priest and as leaders, it's our job to take care of the people that are in our congregation. It's our job to feed them. It's our job to make sure that when they're in need, that we pray for them and that we don't take advantage of them. We don't steal their money. We don't um, do anything to harm them. Well, this is exactly what Hophnia and Phinea were doing to the people. They were taking advantage of God's people. And God told Eli, he said, and he sent the message through the young man, Samuel, in um, verse 3 and 11. He said, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I am going to do a thing in Israel, both ears of everyone who hears about, about it will ring. And on that day, I will carry out against Eli and everything I have spoken in regard to his house from the beginning and the end. For I have told him that I am going to judge his house forever for the wrongdoing that he knew because of his sons were bringing a curse on themselves. He did not rebuke them. In other words, God is not going to allow your sin of worshiping idols to go unpunished. He's not going to allow anyone to take advantage of his people. He may allow it for season, but just as sure as I'm sitting here, there is going to be consequences whether or not he had to allow the, the devil to do the work. But it, remember, the devil is the Lord's devil. So meaning that he has to have permission from God. But if we look to whatever source, those resources as a God, God will use the devil to make sure 
that it, he gets your attention. I'm going to go uh, right at 14. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli, the wrongdoings of Eli's house shall never be atoned for by sacrifices or offering. In other words, I'm going to remove them. So one of the things that you're going to see in this chapter, in these couple of chapters, the children of Israel will go into battle. Of course, God tried to warn the priests about what he would, what they were doing. They had made themselves a God, just like some of us do. They have made people come to them, but they have taken advantage of people. So when they go into battle, the children of Israel thought because they had uh, the priests with them that they would be successful. Even their enemies knew more about God than the people did. Because the Bible says that as soon as the priests arrived, there became a celebration. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of 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 God arrived, the, the priest came in, they were shouting, and the enemy says, wow, we're in trouble because we know that their God is great. He's delivered them from the Red Sea. He's delivered them. Um, he's let them cross over the Jordan River. We're, we're dead. But one of the things that you're going to see that happen, God would use because his presence, even though we can have a religious symbol. We can go to church. But if we're doing idol worship, worship, God will allow us to experience the consequences, which is such was the case in order to teach us a lesson. One of the things that happened is they lost the battle and the art of covenant was taken from them, meaning the exact symbol that they leaned on, which they used only as a lucky charm, and it wasn't actually God's presence. God allowed the enemy to take it. And wouldn't you know, the enemy took it in and set it next to the God of Dagon. Dagon. So they go and they're worshiping their God and what God does, which is what I'm saying to you in the point of this. They put it in the temple, and what God did is he knocked it off the wall, and it was soon tore up where the whole idol was sitting, bowing down with his butt in front of God, which is symbolic of what God wants us to do. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth, which is what Jesus says. And as I... I want to remind you, in Deuteronomy 32, in verse 17, the Lord said through Moses, he says, they sacrifice to demons who were not God. This is what we do, and this is what similar to what the children of Israel did. To gods whom, the gods whom they have not known. New gods came lately whom your fathers did not know and you forgot the rock who fathered you and forgot the God who gave gave you birth 
I'm going to stop right here. God said it like this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. He didn't say seek the things. He didn't say seek a woman first. He didn't say seek a job first. He didn't say seek money first. He said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He, In other words, he said look to me for your only source. And once you look to me, all the things that you need, all the resources that you need will be given to you. If you look to me as the rock, you're going to look for, as Jesus told the woman at the well, you would have living water, one that you won't have to thirst, continually come and drink from a well over and over again. Let's stop right here. Father, I pray for my, my friends and my family. Just as you've spoken to me as, if, as I'm being used as a tool, you've taught this lesson to me. I'm asking that we all be allowed to understand that you are our only true source and that every single thing else is only resources. We thank you for the resources that you provide for us, but we're more concerned with worshiping you first. Teach us how to consistently realign our priorities. Where it comes to giving, allow us to give first before we figure out how to pay our bills. When it comes to our relationship, allow us to consider our relationship with you first. When it comes to our jobs and getting up early in the morning, allow us to take the time to communicate with you first. We thank you for reprioritizing our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we talked about the importance of having a, a relationship. Well, I'm going to say it like this because in many relationships, it starts off, you know, that warm and fuzzy feeling. When you first meet somebody, you're, you're trying to, to get to know them and you're exchanging numbers and you're going out on a, a few dates and you're starting to get to know know them. Well, the Bible says that God has given us a sense of who we are, who he is, everyone in their hearts. So that means that everyone knows that God does exist and they know by the way that Things are in are that exist, such as the sky, such as the moon and the stars. Well, you, my friend, the good thing about 
this relationship that I'm getting ready to introduce you, the relationship with the Father, He already has given you the capacity to know it because it's in your heart. Now, the only thing that I want to do is to help you to increase that relationship. And it starts through His Son, Jesus Christ. He, he wants to teach you certain things. He wants to show you what's your purpose, how to live. And he wants to know, let you know that you're valuable to him. So the first, but the first step is for you to recognize and, and, and surrendering your life and to him as Lord and Savior of your life. I'm going to walk you through this prayer and I need you to repeat after me afterwards. I want you to reach out to me. I just want to begin to send you a Bible and begin to communicate with you to help you along the growth process. So first step is this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. And I'm asking you come into my heart. Would you be my Lord and my Savior? I believe that you died for me and I believe that you rose from the grave. Now, from this day forward, take total control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the only thing you have to do is thank him. Now, and um, get in contact with me. From Now, the last thing is this, everyone. Remember, God is the only source of this world. Every single thing else. Our resources. Have a wonderful day.